Hey guys, welcome to Discover Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Man, I'm so excited to jump back into Romans simply because we're starting to see Paul really unravel, you know, this true amazing revelation of Jesus, you know, this revelation of what he has done for us, this massive power that holds within the crucifixion and the resurrection. And I believe once we start reading these things, we start once we start to really go in the depths of what these things really mean, man, it just begins to really one set us free, uh, just because we we've started to see that it's the true power that really breaks and breaks us free from sin, you know. And I, I think it's amazing to just really finally get into the depths of this, you know. I always say, you know, reading the scriptures really sets us free. And as we, because the first of all, the word is real, the word is truth, and it's we can stand on this. And when we, we just receive these things, once we read these stuff, it's like once we read this stuff, it's like saying, oh my gosh, this is real. <laughs> like this is what it actually means. This is what's actually happening with me once we believe that Jesus died for me, you know, and um, it just goes past, you know, just the story. And this is why I'm, I'm doing the podcast, because we really need to dive deep in these times, what the scripture says about who we really are within Christ Jesus. Right. So chapter seven, verse one says, now, dear brothers and sisters, you who are familiar with the law, don't you know that the law applies only while a person is living for example, when a woman marries, the law binds her to her husband as long as he is alive. But if he dies, the law of marriage no longer applies to her. So while her husband is alive, she would be committing adultery if she married another man. But if her husband dies, she is free from the law and does not commit adultery when she remarries. So, my brothers and sisters, this is the point. You died to the power of the law when you died with Christ. And now you are united with the one who was raised from the dead. As a result, and I circled that when I was reading this, we can produce a harvest of good deeds for God. It's just the resurrection. It's just the fruit of actually being one with him. Relationship, what he's done on that cross for me. Being united with this reality allows me to live a holy life and do good things for the Lord. Five, when we were controlled by our old nature... Sinful desires were at work within us. This is before Jesus died for us or before we accepted this reality because he died way before we were even born. So it says Sin sinful desires were at work within us and the law aroused these evil desires that produced a harvest of sinful deeds resulting in death. But now we have been released from the law for we died to it and no longer captive to its power. Now we can serve God. Not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the spirit. I want to talk about something in the spirit. I want to talk about something um, very, very important here. Um, living by the spirit is super crucial to really living side by side to God. And not just to live by him, but to really do things for him and with him. Because doing things without him, that's just basically what it's saying here that, you know, we no longer have to do things and serve God in the old way by obeying just the law. Just doing things because we have to. Doing things because it's the right thing to do. That's the old way. That's before relationship. With relationship, man, many things can be way more accomplished with, with him than without him. So honestly, this true reality, the, the Christian life has nothing to do with just doing something. Doing something with him. It's not just obeying something or no longer doing something. It's finally living out the Christian life, doing good deeds for God, but with the reality of the resurrection. 
with finally dying to the old self and saying, oh, like, you know, I have to do something. I have to do, oh, com complete this or I have to follow this way because this is what the Bible tells me. No, it's the new way. It's living with him, being united with him. And we have to still see it this way that we're still united. Going back to verse four says now, my um, so my dear brothers and sisters, this is the point. You died to the power of the law when you died with Christ. And now you are united with the one who was raised from the dead. There's no more separation because you are now united with, because once you give your life up, this is where true power comes from. We deny ourselves daily and constantly. And now we say here, this is who I am now. The more we die to ourselves, the more we actually give up who we are, the old self, and say now I'm united with Christ, like we were speaking in the last, in the last chapter. I'm now united with Christ. Now we start to see true holiness live in our lives. I just have to say, Lord, I give you my life. I give you my old self. I give you my strengths. I give you my ability to live holy. I die to myself. I give you my life. I carry out my cross and I follow you. And this is where true power comes from. When we were controlled by our old nature, verse 5, sinful desires were at work within us. And the law aroused these evil desires that produced a harvest of sinful deeds, resulting in death. But now... We have been released from the law, for we've died to it. This is what this is. This is the whole crazy. It's, it has to be from this point of view, dying to ourselves. We died to what we believed. We died to ourselves. We died to this old thing, and are no longer captive to its power. We have to understand that when we die to ourselves, we are released from the power of the law power of sin just like the last chapter uh, the, the literally the, the power of trying to do something we can't do anything if we're dead so we must die so he can do everything for us within us but still live constantly carrying up that cross every single day so we can see this but now we have been released from the power of the law uh, for we died to it and no longer captive to its power now we can serve god not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the Spirit. Man, this is a beautiful way to live. Living in the Spirit. Living, it's what it says, living in the Spirit. Constantly in the Spirit. In this communion. This connection with the Holy Spirit constantly. Without the Holy Spirit, we can't do things for God. Man, without the Holy Spirit, we can't even believe in God. And the Bible says that, you know, it's what convicted us to really believe in Him in the first place. It's Him. So we all, have to say, all we have to do is say, Lord, I give you my life. I give you all that I have. I want to live for you and I will live by you. Seven. Well then, I am suggesting that the law of God is sinful. No, am I suggesting that the law of God is sinful? Say, of course not. In fact, it was the law that showed me my sin. I would never have known that coveting is wrong if the law had not said you must not covet. But sin used this command to arouse all kinds of covetous uh, desires within me. If there were no law, sin would not have that power. At one time I lived without understanding the law. But when I learned the commandment to not to covet, for instance, the power of sin came to life and I died. So I discovered that the law's commands, which were supposed to bring life, brought spiritual death instead. Sin took advantage of the of those commands and deceived me it used the commands to kill me but still the law itself is holy and its commands are holy and right and good in other words it's saying that just by doing the law doesn't mean you're holy 
what it did is actually activated the reality that once that doing something is sin. It's before we were even believers, you know, in the context of Christianity, we had no idea some things were sin or not. And we were free from that part because we were no longer saying, oh, should we or should we not? I should or I, or I shouldn't do this. That's the power of the law right there, that we are always bound to doing something strictly. Just like it says at verse 9, At one time I lived without understanding the law, but when I learned the command not to covet, for instance, the power of sin came to life, and I died, spiritually speaking, without him, because now I'm bound to the law. The law doesn't give us life. It's holy, just like it says, and even the commands are holy. The law itself is holy, and the commands are holy. And it's right and it's good, but it isn't life. Then it says, so I discovered that the law's commands, which were supposed to bring life, brought spiritual death instead. Sin took advantage of those commands and deceived me. It used the commands to kill me. This is Paul speaking. This is scripture. But still, the law itself is holy and its commands are holy and right and good. I mean, it's so holy and it's so good that it's impossible for us to, to walk in. That's what it's saying. The law is amazing. The law is holy and it's really from God. But it's so strong and it's so perfect that we will never be able to do this. That's why we are dead to it because we can't complete this thing by us. So this is why he even had to make new laws and trying to, uh, to redeem ourselves from the things that we did or didn't do. You know, that's why in the Old Testament there was sacrifices so we can be forgiven from the sins. Like, once he gave the Ten Commandments, he automatically started giving these other, other commands, these other ways to purify us from our sins. Uh, this is the Jewish religion, the Jewish beliefs, that we had to do these sacrifices so we can finally be purified from our sins. After he said, don't do this, but God knew that we weren't able to, so he sent this stuff so we can be purified. And now finally, God sent his one sacrifice, Jesus, so we can be always forgiven of all of our sins. So verse 13 says, but how can that be? Did the law, which is good, cause my death? Of course not. See, we're, we're like, as we read this, we're trying to think, oh, well, the law is bad. But he's just saying, no, don't, don't even think that way. Did the law, which is good, cause my death? No. Sin used what was good to bring out my condemnation to death. So we can see how terrible sin really is. It uses God's good commands for its own evil purposes. It's like, it's deceiving. Like, you can't. You're not holy. You can't do this. This is what the law does. This is what the power of, of religion does. This is, it's, it's, it, this is exactly what it happens. 14 says, So the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, it, this shows that I agree with the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. Sinful nature, who we were. But listen, and this is what it says. And now, and I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. That's exactly what it's saying. Like in my sinful nature, there's no good in me. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. That's what it's saying. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living within me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war 
with my mind. It's just crazy. It's, it's talking about the mind here. The power makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominating by sin and death? Then it says the wonderfulest thing, the way it ends this chapter. Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is? In my mind, I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. And now I love it. And the next one is chapter 8. And now everybody knows how this chapter begins. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong in Christ Jesus. But I want to make sure we clarify something. Because all this is wonderful. We're free from the law. But because we die to sin. But because we die to ourselves. Because we are still united with Christ. Now I love what, what, uh, what Paul said in verse 18. It says that. And I know that nothing good lives within me. This that is in my sinful nature. Although he understands that we can live righteous and good when we die with Christ. But in my sinful nature, that just means I'm alive. I did not give my life to Christ, nor even as a Christian like believer, we're still living within our sinful nature. We believe that God died for me. We believe that God did res uh, that Jesus died for me and Jesus resurrected for me. But those who are in Christ, in other words, united with Christ in his death and in his resurrection, those are the ones who are free from the power of sin and condemnation. So this all ties into one thing, dying with Christ every single day, surrendering our lives to Jesus and not just saying, you're my Lord and Savior. No, it's I give up my everything. I die to my sinful nature. The power of sin no longer holds upon me because I say, I don't want to live anymore. How can sin be a rule of something that's still alive? This is why we should die every single day. This is what chapter 7 is all about. I'm read this, Tony. I'm going to read 24 one more time. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Those two words, our Lord, mean everything in this passage. He is my everything. He says where I go. I go wherever you says. He is, he is my, he's my master. I'm, he is my Lord. I'm just slave to him. Remember what it says in verse 15 of chapter 6. It says, "You don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? That's up to you. Do you choose to obey the law or your sinful nature or you just obey to, to give your life up to Jesus and to serve him constantly and to really say, you are my Lord. The Christian life isn't just to be free and happy. It's to choose who do you follow. Do you follow your flesh or do you follow the instructions of Jesus always? Whatever you say goes. Whatever you say, Lord, I do. And if we say yes to ourselves, we just live in our sinful nature constantly. But if we constantly live in his obedience and his resurrection, just as he obeyed his father, we have to obey ours. We have to obey him. Just as the father asked him to give his life up, he's asking for the same for us. I love what he says to the disciples. If you really want to be my disciple, carry up your cross. Deny yourself daily. Pick up your cross and follow me. Talks about crucifixion.
talks about dying to self. The passions that you desire to experience daily because of your flesh, you crucify them. This is how we are free from sin. But this is the answer. It's because he did it first. It's no longer because he's asking me to. It's because he's done it already for me. All I have to do is do the same as he did it. And we rely on his power, not ours, to really die to ourselves because he's done it for us all. I've met people who say they, they, they receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but yet they're still stuck in sin. This isn't to condemn anyone or to say you're wrong if you're sinning. It just means that we haven't learned to die. We haven't learned to really die to ourselves. Jesus really wants to manifest himself in this amazing way, but only through the crucifixion. And it's him. Like it says, we are united with him. Only by being united with Jesus, we're able to do this stuff. In Christ Jesus, that's the ones who no longer are, are condemned. Those are, the, those are the ones who really truly live. So my question to you today, are you united with Christ? And that means you're united with his death and his resurrection. But amazing life, it's all about him. Without him, we can't do this. This is why spending time in his presence is so important because he begins to teach you all this stuff. How to really die to ourselves to really remain in him constantly. So even he can manifest through our lives. I love what Paul says, and I say it all the time. It's no longer I who live, but him who lives within me. So, Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your son. I thank you for your death and your resurrection, Jesus. I pray for every single person who is listening right now that they, Lord, begin to really surrender to you. And say, I give you my life. I give you my all. I no longer want to live in the power of sin nor even my sinful nature. I don't want to live in the power of myself anymore. I want to obey within you. So, Lord, thank you. I bless you and I thank you for what you're doing in your people in these days, Father. Because you, Jesus, are the one. You are the one who really gives us power to live holy lives. Without you, it's impossible. But this is the true meaning of being one with you. To become our Lord again, Lord. Become our master. We give up our lives today. We say, it's yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Guys, thank you so much for listening, man. I'm really enjoying Romans, and I can't wait to get into chapter 8. I've been reading uh, a lot, chapter 8, and it gets way better. You know, uh, it starts about, talks about faith and everything as well. But honestly, it's just... It's just amazing, you know, how, how, how this is getting it. But it's just, this is honestly the true life of a Christian. Like, this book is so, uh, it's like a pillar, you know. It's like a pillar to our Christian faith. And everything that's in it, it's, it's just so, so crucial. Um, it's quoted so many times with the happy verses, which I'm, I'm grateful for. But honestly, everything, it's context. What it's actually saying is beyond just saying we're free from, from our sin or we're just, you know, we're one with Christ. No, like it's really surrendering everything. This is the true heart of Romans. And I'm really excited to just go, um, just discover Jesus more and more, more every single time we're in this thing. All right, guys, thank you so much. I'll see you guys in the next episode uh, on Thursday for another Jesus Talks. And we are super excited to talk uh, what uh, God has been speaking to us throughout this week. Uh, so stay tuned for that one. And uh, yeah, guys, thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye.